Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Greeny rolling along, presented by Progressive Insurance, and delighted you were with us. We'll get Fortinbon here in about 20 minutes. Uh, as you get set to make all your picks for the weekend, we'll have the traditional who you got coming up. Obviously, it's a football Friday, and there's a ton of of good football coming up this weekend, but all eyes will be on Happy Valley. And the question is, will Jim Harbaugh be on their sideline? That continues to be the overwhelming story. Uh, We had Desmond Howard on TV this morning, and it just went insane. He's been trending all morning long for the stuff he said on our show. I have no issue with anything he said. He delivered an impassioned and I think mostly reasonable defense of the program. Now, Hembo, you've been on the other side of that. And I got an email from someone I have enormous respect for. I'm not going to put his name to it because I just don't know that he would want. I didn't ask him if I could. So I'm just going to read you an email. But suffice it to say, this is from someone whose opinion I really admire significantly. And he writes to me, Greeny. The term due process has been thrown around continually in the Michigan case. The definitions of due process that I can find are summed up by this one. Due process is a requirement that legal matters be resolved according to established rules and principles and that individuals be treated fairly. He says, to some degree, a version of due process has played out here already in public. The evidence that has surfaced includes video of stallions on the sidelines of a Central Michigan game wearing that team's cap, paper records of his purchase of tickets to several games involving Michigan opponents, testimony from a Division Three coach that he was hired by stallions to steal signals. Michigan has had plenty of time to react to these allegations, and it would seem if they had evidence to refute the above, they certainly would have made it public. Instead, they have defended Harbaugh on the grounds that he knew nothing. They have tossed out what about allegations involving Ohio State, Purdue, and Rutgers. They have fired with the typical resignation characterization stallions. I wonder if he got due process. A judge would suggest Michigan's reactions have not directly responded to the allegations that a member of their staff broke the rules. And the judge might suggest that the resignation slash firing was at least circumstantial evidence that he did break the rules. The reaction here, as in Watergate, is more damning than the crime. Who knows where this discussion will be by Monday, but it seems to me there should be some pushback on due process in terms of what it means, where it can be applied, and how it may to some degree already have played out. It's a pretty good email Mm. uh, from a very smart guy, and I guess that's the point. We can argue two separate things. One is, did these things happen? And I, I think... We have reasonable evidence to suggest they did. The other is, did Harbaugh know about it? And the rules state it doesn't matter. Mm. Now, we can debate whether it should or shouldn't, but we know the rules state it doesn't matter. So if I'm Tony Petiti and I come forward and I say those things, I am imposing this three-game suspension on Jim Harbaugh, which is what we are expecting it to be. I am basing it on the fact that I have ample evidence— 
that this illegal stealing of signs took place. And I am basing my suspension of Harbaugh on the fact that the rules state that if it happened on his watch, it doesn't matter if he knew about it or not. Mm. Is that sufficient? If that's what comes out, Hembo, will you say, I'm good with it? Absolutely. In fact, I think a three-game suspension and merely a three-game suspension would be on the lighter side in terms of what I would give if you made me commissioner of the Big Ten today, which is a job that I do not want to have. But due process doesn't really apply here. I mean, it's a nice buzz term to use and to throw around, and perhaps it applies in other contexts like these, but this is not a legal matter, at least not fundamentally. The Big Ten can, at least theoretically, do whatever it wants. No one's convicting Jim Harbaugh of a crime. We're not sending this guy to jail. The Big Ten has evidence. It has information, and it has evidence and information that we are not privy to. And so if if, um, if Petiti's reputation is as good as you say— and if, his, um, if he is as highly regarded as people around the industry say, I'm not suggesting we should take him at his word or just or blindly trust him. But if the commissioner of the Big Ten is willing to discipline their best chance of earning $6 million to get into the college football playoff, it's probably, probably because they have a pretty good reason to. So the Big Ten, in my opinion, is actually less conflicted here than you think. If I were in charge, I would want whatever I possibly could to let them make this go away so Michigan could fly further faster. I just don't think that they can possibly do that, given the amount of evidence that's on his desk. I will push back on one thing you said. Due process, while it may be a term that we typically use in both criminal and civil court cases, should be respected— when we make decisions like these, I mean, we are. this is an important decision. It is not reasonable to say the moment we know anything, we should make, uh, we should have a reaction. And then if further information becomes available to us, we can always undo it. Mm. You can't undo this reaction. If you suspend Harbaugh before you have completed an investigation. Now, if you want to tell me I already know everything I need to know, that's a different discussion. But what, what I take due process to mean in this case is we are going to do a full investigation. We need to know all of the facts and then make a decision based upon those facts. Mm. Do we feel like we know all of the facts? That's the question. I'll continue to use my university as an example. Northwestern, they did this investigation, an independent body did an investigation of what I'm sure most people you know heard about over the summer, this um, really weird hazing stuff that came out involving the football team. And the president of the university imposed upon the coach a two-week suspension in the middle of July. Mm. He announced that late on a Friday afternoon. That got everyone's ears picked up at the Medill School of Journalism, which is right on his campus. By the time they all went to sleep on Saturday night, those, those student journalists had uncovered so much of the information that was in that report that had not been made public. Once it, was, once it was made public, there was all kinds of reaction. I mean, people were outraged and mad and crazy and all that kind of stuff. And without any further information coming available, the president then fired Fitzgerald on a Monday. Now, that's the opposite of what we're talking about. But I guess the point is... If he had fired Fitzgerald on a Friday and then all the other information became public, he wouldn't have had the opportunity to rehire him on Monday. Mm. And that's what we're talking about. If you suspend Harbaugh, you better be damn sure that there is nothing coming out here that is going to change the, the fact that that was just because he cannot get the game tomorrow back again. Mm. I bet they are. I bet they definitely are. 
going to suspend him. Yes. And oh, I agree with you completely. I, I, they definitely are. What I'm saying is that they already have aggregated enough information and evidence to be able to justify it, even if they find out nothing else. Like The reason I'm not a huge fan of the precedent argument here is because I view this, again, as somewhat unprecedented. Like not some, There are things that happen for the first time all of the time. They have a sportsmanship policy in place. It looks like they have completely obliterated it based on what we know. I mean, the Connor Stallions piece of it is very unique and different than anything else that other college football teams are doing in the world of advanced scouting to our knowledge. Mm-hmm. I don't think Michigan is being unfairly treated. If this were Alabama, if this were Texas A&M, if this were USC, we would be having we might not have the same kind of reaction because their coach isn't as big a celebrity, as big a uh, sort of a lightning rod, but the penalties would be the same. The, the, the kind the kind of um, intervention from the conferences would be the same because it would have to be the same. What happens on the field of play is sacred. And if they have evidence that says that things were not on the level, they have no choice but to deal with a heavy hand, at least to the extent to which it's reasonable. All right, Greeny with you here. We will have college football action tomorrow night. we got Georgia Ole Miss presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins 6.30 Eastern time on most of these ESPN radio stations and on the ESPN app. How similar is this to the Astros thing? Mm, uh, I think a lot more similar uh, and, and becoming more and more similar as we continue to aggregate information. So as a quick reminder... The Houston Astros in 2017 won the World Series and did so with the best lineup, literally, since the 1931 Yankees. They had an historically good lineup, an historically good team that won the World Series. That year they beat the Dodgers. As it turns out a few years later, it came to fruition that the Astros had an elaborate sign-stealing scandal in which people were banging trash cans, relaying messages, and using electronics to ensure that their players knew what pitches were coming. An enormous advantage in the world of baseball. Now, what happened was that the GM and the manager were suspended for a year. They docked him a first and second round draft pick in two different years. What the Astros were doing in relation to what everyone else was doing, for example, the Yankees and the Astros received a small fine for having the Apple Yankees Watches. And Red Sox, yeah. The Yankees and Red Sox had uh, Apple Watches in the dugout and were fined a small amount of money. What the Yankees and the Red Sox were doing is basically what everyone does in college football. They steal signs to the best of their ability within the Overton window. And what the Astros were doing was such that they had the best lineup in baseball for the last 100 years with a collection of players that we know, that we knew, just were not possibly that good. And that's why I think the evidence from how good Michigan is since the start of the 2021 season is at minimum really, really stinky. Uh, um that's dangerous. What we did not do is look into how much better their talent has been since then. That's really the question. They have sent a ton of kids to the pros over the last couple of years, including some very high picks, particularly on their defense. What I've not looked into enough, and I should, is how much higher are their players getting drafted? How much better have their pros that they've been turning out been than the ones they had in those previous six years. Give me 90 seconds. All right, so you'll figure that out. That's the beauty of Hembo is he can get that in 90 seconds. I'll spend those 90 seconds reminding you that there are a lot of ways you can hang out with us every day if you choose to do it, and we hope you will. You can watch us on the ESPN app. Just click on watch, look for hashtag Greeny, and you can spend a part of your day with us. You can also listen on ESPN app or on SiriusXM channel 80. 
And then if you miss anything on the program, there is also the Greeny podcast. You can catch up with both hours. Each hour uh, is posted every single day, and it's available wherever you get your podcast. So all of that, we hope that you can spend at least part of every single day with us as we sit here and kick over the analytics of the all-time great generals, as well as um, the football program at Michigan. How are you doing on looking that up? So I'm looking at right now, from 2015 through 2021, the average number of picks that Michigan sent to the NFL in the draft was an average of six per year. Over the last, That's a lot. Over the last two. The six players is a lot in, in, in one draft. I mean, there are only seven rounds. They averaged six players per year. In the last two, they averaged seven per year. They had 14 draft picks in the last two years, which is slightly higher than the average. So let's just look at high-end talent. Over the last two years, Michigan sent seven players in the top three rounds. Generally speaking, like the top 100-ish picks in the draft. So seven players in the last two years. So three and a half per year. The average entering 2022 was 2.9 per year. There was also a slight uptick in their recruiting prowess. Naturally, these numbers kind of go hand in hand. But there by no means is a massive jump in the amount of pro talent that they were sending to the NFL in phase one, if you will, to phase two. I mean, they just it, it's the numbers aren't staggering at, at, at minimum. Now, it is fair to say that five of their uh, five of the six um, top three round picks that they sent in the last two years are defensive players. Like they've had great defenses and great players on defense. But ultimately, how much it helped, how many, how how good their players were, as Heather said today on the show so well, doesn't really matter. Like. It's, it's good fodder for us, but if the Big Ten is ruling on something, it shouldn't matter if they won all their games or if they lost all their games. If they, if they egregiously broke a rule, and it's pretty clear that the way that they were doing it is so much more egregious than the way that everyone else was doing it, it's not so important all the other details that we like talking about on TV and the radio. Uh, that's right. It's, this is such a complicated, fascinating story. I hope if you are listening here, you are as interested in this as I am. I, I find so many different pieces of it fascinating, and I think the ultimate upshot of it is going to be that I think Harbaugh will be in the NFL next year. I do. I, I think Chicago is a possibility. The conversation I had with someone this morning was they did not think the Chargers was likely just because of the money that he probably would be able to command and any number of other circumstances. Uh, Harbaugh is, um, he, I think, is enamored of Justin Herbert. I think he would like that spot. Coming to Chicago where you might be able to pick a, well, not might, you're going to be able to pick a quarterback very high in this year's draft and another really good player. I could see that being appealing to him as well. We have college football action tomorrow night. We have LSU Florida presented by Dr. Pepper, 7 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations and on the ESPN app. Coming up, don't miss, uh, don't make a bet this week without hearing from Joe Fortenbaugh. He's going to join us. We still have who you got coming up. And Hembo got his comeuppance yesterday in a Twitter poll and I am here for it. And you'll hear it next on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime 
for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny, with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We come to you live, as always, from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase. Big day in so many different ways. So many different things are going on, and it is our delight, as always, at this time to bring in our buddy Joe Fortenball, who you not only hear here on ESPN Radio with Carlin versus Joe, but also will be a part of ESPN Bet Live, which premieres tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2 in the build-up to the launch of ESPN Bet next week. Hello again, Joe Fortenball. Greeny, I'm on TV with you today. I feel like Ricky Bobby. I, I don't know what to do with my hands. Well, I don't know what to do with my hands. I understand. Uh, you look uh, incredibly uncomfortable, <laughs> and, and so we'll see how that turns out. All right. <clears throat> I got a couple of things for you. Yesterday, before we start getting into all of the picks for this weekend, and I certainly want to hear, <clears throat> pardon me, how you see the Michigan-Penn State game, uh, because um, Hembo gave me a very interesting note on the way the public is looking at it. But I want you to know something about your friend here, Mr. Hanbo. <laughs> Yesterday, in a conversation about James Harden, he said to me, and I quote, James Harden is a greater player than Allen Iverson. And as a Philadelphia fan, I wondered what your response to that would be. I would say I don't think I've ever heard of a greater disrespect to Philadelphia fans, the team, the city, or the great Allen Iverson. Hembo, what could possibly be the reason for saying that? I've long maintained the greatest season of basketball I ever watched was the year that Sixers team lost in the finals to the Lakers. They won game one. It was the only game the Lakers had lost that entire playoff run. But Iverson won MVP that year. Iverson won all-star game MVP. It was the one, It was the best season of Sixers basketball I've ever watched. What would possibly make you pick Harden over Allen Iverson? Look, I watched every game that season too, but James Harden had three seasons individually better than that season that Allen Iverson had. And if you look at the body of work, again, individually, I think James Harden blows AI out of the water. And I say that mostly from a from an analytical standpoint, from a number standpoint. A but nerd he, standpoint. Now, yeah, I get it. Exactly, and I'm a nerd. But I think when you look at Allen Iverson's career objectively – he was a lot less efficient than we remember, and I think James Harden, despite the fact that we don't like the way the, the, the play style with which he plays, 
and the fact that we know things about him that we know, I still think that he is a top 25 to 30 player all time. And I can't say that about Allen Iverson. The difference between the two is James Harden never would have buried the Lakers in game one and then stepped over Ty Lue. He doesn't have it in him. (laughs) He doesn't have it in him. Iverson was able to put that team on his back and carry them through the year. That's something Harden was never able to do and will never be able to do. But you'll be happy to hear, Joe. such disrespect to start this segment. It was insane. So Harden, he makes this point yesterday. Harden's a top 25 player all time. And I almost had to leave. And thankfully, we put this question of the day up on ESPN Radio on Twitter. Is James Harden one of the 25 greatest players of all time? 96.7% of the response said no. There's nothing in this country that gets 96% approval rating. That's true. That's exactly right. Congratulations. You have achieved bipartisan support attacking your position on this. Wait till they get a hold of your Genghis Khan tape. Oh, by the way, Joe. Do you have any strong opinion on this matter? I believe that without a shadow of a doubt, Alexander the Great is the greatest military commander of all time. And there is a pretty sizable gap between he and Genghis Khan, who I have second. Do you have any objections to this opinion? I've got nothing for that. I've got nothing for that. I kind of, I mean, I gamble. Do you think I was paying attention to a lot of what was going on in school? Mm. So you don't have Mesopotamia Strong. minus the nine? <laughs> I have the Over Mongols. The I'm Samaritans. playing the money line on the Mongols. <laughs> I don't know. Athens versus Rome in their heyday. It's like Alabama of old under Bear Bryant under Alabama versus Nick Saban. All right, let's get down to business here, Joe. So the game we've been talking about for a million different reasons is Michigan-Penn State yeah. tomorrow. So Michigan's getting on this plane. At any minute now, we're expecting to hear some word about whether Harbaugh will be allowed to coach the game or not. His lawyer says he's going to be on the plane either way. The game at this point is 24 and a half hours away. Michigan is, what did you say? It's four and a half point favorite? Yeah, four and a half. 85% of the public is on Michigan. That number feels very, the four and a half feels small to me. The 85% is a sets off all kinds of red flags. It, it makes me want to run and play Penn State here, even though my own mind, my eye test, my everything else tells me I think Michigan should kill them tomorrow. What do people like you who knows everything, what do you think? Yeah, it's not just the 85% that's lining up on um, Michigan here. It's the fact that the line isn't moving with that. It, it's gone from five down to four and a half. So that tells us the money is coming in on Penn State, but yet all the tickets are on Michigan. That's what they generally refer to as reverse line movement. It's not necessarily a gauge you want to use to handicap, but it does give you an indication of where the two sides sit respectively. Um, No, explain that to me. I didn't get that. Explain that to me. So let's think of it like this. Let's say a point spread is seven, right? Or let's use the Niners-Jaguars game. Niners are a three-point favorite. Now, if 88% of the tickets are on the Niners, 88 of 100 tickets are on the Niners, you would think that it would go from three up to three and a half up to four, right? Because the bookmakers want to balance the action. Well, the thing is, if it's going the other way, the money is what moves the point spread, not the tickets. So if you have 88% of the tickets on one side, but the line is moving the other direction... That's uh, that's a true pros versus Joe's mm-hmm. matchup right now, which is exactly what we're seeing. That you have eighty eight percent of the tickets lining up on Michigan, yet the point spread is moving to Penn State. That means the money's on Penn State. The sharper guys like Penn State. Not all of them. It's not a consensus thing. I'm not playing Penn State. I'm a Penn State graduate. We, we can talk all we want about Harbaugh 
and the fact that Michigan haven't played anybody this year. What I know in my blood is that James Franklin doesn't win these games. I've never (laughs) seen him win these games. He had a great shot against Ohio State. His team did nothing. They were overmatched from the beginning of that game. And now everyone's trying to tell me again, well, you know, here you go. Big opportunity. Pass. I'm passing. I'm not taking Penn State. It's either Michigan or bust for me in this situation. I do think there's an opportunity to bet the over here. Both teams want to run. I think they're both going to realize they can't run, and I think they both throw the ball early in this game. What do you think, Hambo? I mean, would you would you go the other way on it? I, yeah, I'm, I would play. I would play Penn State. I might even take the shot of playing Penn State on the money line. The, the thing, Joe, that is hard for me to stomach or hard, hard for me to picture is just how much the emotion of it all is going to play into this game. Because, like, on one hand, everyone's telling me that Michigan's so galvanized by you know it's us against the world, right? But I know people at Penn State like you do, and they're pissed off too. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if we're talking about like a. A, a noon kickoff game that has like a, a college football playoff esque feel, and that emotion in that stadium, a very difficult place to play, uh, I think might wind up slapping Michigan in the face, to be honest with you. I think that playing Penn State on the money line is a flyer bet, and I think it's one I'm going to take tomorrow. By the way, not a fan of the noon kickoff for big games like this. Not enough time for the mm-hmm. crowd to lubricate themselves. Not <laughs> enough time at all. The Ohio State game was like that, too, right? Yeah. And Penn State's had both these games at home this year, and they were both noon kickoffs, which obviously is what. Buckeyes was at the shoe. Oh, that game was at Ohio State? Yeah, it was State? at the shoe. They alternate, Greeny, yeah. Oh, sorry. Greeny, sorry, don't yeah. worry. It's the same thing. They didn't show up for that one <laughs> no, either. Okay, fair enough. I, so that wasn't the – which was the whiteout game then? What am I remembering wrong? Or maybe I'm remembering last year's game. One way or the other, Joe Fortenbaugh with us here on ESPN Radio. Let's get into it. Rutgers, Iowa. <laughs> I knew we were going to do this. Oh, my God. The over-under for this game is 28 points. Talk to me. I mean, the team total for Oregon is like 40 in their game. That's like the over-under for what Oregon scores against USC is like 40. And you've got a situation here where the team total is 28. These numbers keep dropping. This used to be funny to laugh at last year when it was 34, 33, 32. Then we started seeing 29s. Now we got 28s out there. What do you want to do? I mean, what do you want to do? You never see totals that are this low, but there's no reason to believe that Iowa's suddenly going to figure out how to score points or do anything on offense. I mean, I, I, the, the sicko in me wants to play the over, but I did that last night with the Bears game, and look what I got. I got, the, I got two teams kicking field goals, doing nothing all night, so it's probably under or bust with the way Iowa has played all season long. If you can get a special teams or a defensive touchdown in this game, maybe, but we talked about this same thing last week, and then what was the final score in the Northwestern game? It was like 10-7. Yeah. It wasn't even close. It was 10-7. Actually, last night's Bears game would have just gone over. It was 16-13, so it was 29 <laughs> points. So we will see. I, I got one more pro game for you here, and then I need your help with something. Yeah. Uh, I got Browns at Ravens. I got Baltimore, six-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you like? I like Baltimore here. I think they're going to be a great six-point teaser leg. You can play them with Cincinnati. You can play them with Seattle. thing with Baltimore is week four, we saw them go to Cleveland. They hung 28 on this defense. They won. People can say, well, you know, Deshaun Watson didn't play. He didn't. How great has he been this year? 62% completions, turnovers are an issue, sacks are an issue, and now you're on the road. And as great as Jim Schwartz has done with that Brown defense this year, on the road in Indianapolis, they got lit up. On the road in Seattle, they got touched up. And then the aforementioned game against Baltimore where they gave out 28. So they've struggled on the road this year. Baltimore plays a clean game. I think they cover this no problem. 
That's what I think ends up happening in this game. The Ravens are too much. I like the Browns coming into this season because I was by by low on Deshaun Watson. It has not played out that way at all. All right, fair enough. So there's the insight from Joe Fortenbaugh again. You hear Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. And don't forget, ESPN Bet Live premieres tonight, 6 Eastern on ESPN2. Do you have a few minutes to help with a, a whole different topic with of us course, here? I feel like course. you'd be someone who'd be interested in this. You have a family, right? You're a married man with a family. Do married I have that man, right? two boys, six and four. Fair enough. Okay, so the married man is really the, the point to underline here. <laughs> so we had a little bit of a discrepancy in my marriage. And we have to get to the bottom of this. And I would like to point out... She's right, you're wrong. Well, I would call it a discrepancy. <laughs> in this particular case, I don't think so. I think we have to get to the bottom in modern technology of how it has ruined our ability to communicate conci- precisely and with any degree of clarity what we have sacrificed in the interest of being concise. We have completely lost in the area of being understood. Now, when texting first began, and even to this day, I still will have that occasional exercise, we've all been there, where you will read a text from someone, and the first 15 or 20 seconds, you have to spend wondering, well, what is it that you think they meant to write? (laughs) Okay? There's there's words on there that just don't, they aren't actually, they don't go together or they're not spelled right. And something is obviously wrong. Something has been autocorrected. What is it we think this means? And if you have no idea whatsoever, you just write back two or three question marks and then someone will explain themselves. But here's the other problem we have. So Stace and I, here's how our bedtime works during the week. I go to bed much earlier than she does because I got the early wake up call. So I will put out the clothes I want to wear the following day on TV. I'll put up my jacket on a hanger. I put my shirt and I put a little pocket square. I try and put together a little bit of an outfit. And most nights she will change it. When I wake up in the morning, it's almost become like a little game between us. I'll get up in the morning. I'll see she has swapped out either the shirt or the pocket square or both or everything. Right, like how far off are you? And and, and I'll wear whatever she says to wear, and I'm 100% fine with that. So... One day this week, this happened one day this week. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring it up that day, but things have gotten busy. So she has changed out everything, and I think it looks great. So I write her a little nice note that says, really liked the, the outfit that you picked out for me today. Looks great. So a little time goes by, you know, because she's got to wake up. It's 5 o'clock in the morning when I'm sending this text. So, Joe, I'm here in the office, and she obviously wakes up, sees the text, and gives it that little heart thing like not actually writing a heart she just loves it she yeah. like you know when you just touch it what's that called and you just touch it and then you touch the heart you thing. can do the thumbs up the thumbs down right what is that called i don't know but i know what you're referring impression to. i think they call it whatever they call that she just does that she gave you the impression mm. she gave me the impression it's okay. a reaction which then a reaction gave, which then gave me the impression <laughs> that that's something of an under response it almost seemed passive aggressive And we all know what it's like when, you know, you go to bed and you're mad at each other. The next morning, you know there's going to be some working out to be done. But that had not been the case. Everything had been fine when we went to bed the previous night. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm probably overreacting to this. There's probably nothing here. So I then wrote her another nice note. We had interesting dinner plans for that evening. So I wrote, really looking forward to dinner tonight. Should be a lot of fun. (laughs) And she hearted that one, too. So now... I'm in a fight. <laughs> We're with, fighting. With nobody, by the way. With so nobody. I write back to her, 
what is going on here? <laughs> and so, she writes to me, what are you talking about? Right. So now I got to FaceTime her and say, well, why are you only hearting your responses to me? And she said, what are you talking about? You wrote something. I said, I love it. You wrote another something. I said, I love it. I said, no, you didn't say anything. You just did the very, very minimum. You just touched it and then touched the hard thing. And that is the universal sign for I'm pissed off at you about something, especially if you did it twice when I wrote nice little cute notes. So I ask you, Joe Fortenbaugh. If this happened to you, would you have had the same reaction I did? Greeny, I, I got to tell you, this is striking out on three pitches looking for you. Because every way through this, I'm, let's start with this. You're originally perturbed at the idea that when you demonstrated gratitude to her for helping you with your outfit, you didn't get enough in response. That's it was not what a, gratitude is. I sent her like a cute note, though. It was like not just like it was like, oh, it looks so whatever. I, it, it, it required a response. Put, it, it deserved yourself, a response. Put yourself in her shoes because my wife does the same thing. She had to pack my ent- – I'm in Bristol. She had to pack seven days' worth of outfits for me. She had to fold everything. I was allowed to come in and watch the process, but anytime I weighed in, she just – it was I was poo-pooed. Understood. Right? Just move to the side. We'll handle this. When you send her that, thank you so much for the outfit. I, I love it. It looks great. In her mind, she sees it and she goes, yeah, yeah. She doesn't, she, she doesn't need to respond to you with anything. But the fact that she even gave you the impression or the reaction is, is quite a lot. Then somehow you, you're still looking for more. Well, Which, by the way, these texts you're sending, it's like a Larry David skit here. It's just I, I, here's your the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what you're missing. So if she had not responded at all, it would have been better. <laughs> You'd rather no just response ignore you. would have made more sense. She got the note. She understands. It's all good. Great. The response felt calculated, which is why I then sent the follow-up text in order to try and see. Okay, let's see. She got to write back to this. Oh, will be so much fun or something like that. Instead, she just gives that one the heart. Hembo, Joe, I ask you, mm. am I wrong? No, her. To heart a pair of nice texts is ghastly. That's two hearts. Ghastly. No. It's Hembo, a pair of hearts. Hembo, what are you? First of all, explain what was the text about the dinner? Just you sent her a text, really looking forward to dinner tonight. No, no, no. It was more than that. It was a kind of a cute. Say, Joe, what she's saying? Eight thousand texts ago. What she's saying is that you're not worth any of my words. Right. That's what she's saying. No words. What do you want, some talk-to-text? Just How about those idiots? Thanks, you ever, honey. Did you ever try to navigate the talk-to-text? The idiots who are speaking as they're walking, oh, there's the yeah. noise in the background, no punctuation, Period everything space. runs together. <laughs> That's a real problem. The talk-to-text is a problem, and then the idiots who correspond only using emojis, as if you're trying to read hieroglyphics here. I can't believe Joe's you defending your wife. The Rosetta Stone. I'm defending Stacy here, because I Greenberg, I've been in your shoes. I'm wrong. I know I'd be wrong. I can put... My wife in your wife's shoes. I can put myself in your shoes. I can't see how I'm winning that. And Greeny, you respond with the like button all the time. But not- I'm not married to you. For- <laughs> <laughs> how is that guy? But still, it's the, it's the same. What, what is it? So just because she's married to you, she can't use the impressions? Is what not you're on saying? a nice, cute little well, Stop saying like nice, cute note. It's just a text. <laughs> if she's- I said, I'll pick you up at 7, and she gave me a thumbs up, that would be fine. But when I said, I'm really looking forward to our night tonight, we're going to have so much fun, she gives me the little heart, which is back-to-back on the previous heart. I'm telling you the that heart was passive-aggressive. Re- she loved both of the messages. You sent. No. The heart means I love it. That's what the heart is. If you love something, you say I love something. You don't. 
Can I ask another question? She's getting those texts, and she's thinking, how needy is this guy? That's why you're getting well, the bare minimum response well, We've been married 26 years. Right. She already knows the answer to that. <laughs> let, let me ask you a question, by the way. Why is it that every day there's another person sitting on the other side of Bubba, and I never know who they are? Who are who who is this are person you? in the room? It's People a- just want to observe greatness. What's wrong with who that? Who is that? Then say something. His name's Josh. He hearts messages all the time. Yeah, this is yeah, Josh fair. Horst. Don't worry about him. But, but why is he sitting there? Like, what's he's he doing? The he's shadowing the then soundboard. Say something. He's, he's learning the he doesn't signals. Have a mic on. This is the third time this week this has happened, and they just expect us to pretend. We have such a small show, a, a tightly knit community. If someone's going to be in the room where you, usually there are two people, and there are now three, can you not just tell us so we don't have to wonder why someone's looking over the show? Like, it looks like Connor Stallions is in there. We don't expect you to make such a big deal out of it every time. It's a big deal. He actually does look like Connor Stallions. <laughs> Whoever that, who did you say? Is That's not Eric, is Josh, it? Right? No, no, it's Josh. Mm. Eric's in the other room. Get a pair of shades for him. I don't believe that that's actually. Oh, this a person. is perfect. Joe hosts the show that Eric produces. He knows who Eric is. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, uh, Josh. Joe, by the way, welcome to ESPN. Thank, thank you for the, <laughs> thank you for the digression today. Looking forward to you coming up in a little bit. That's Joe Fortenbaugh. You're still looking for amazing gifts at Total Wine and More. You'll find gifts for everyone on your list. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only a Total Wine and More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. Who you got is next on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Hembo, where'd you go to college? Uh, I went to LaSalle University. What did you major in? Communication. Hembo went to LaSalle? I went to two colleges. I have a master's degree in education. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like it was worth mentioning because I'm not working in education. But didn't you go to four years to the other school? I attended four years at Cedarville University. Oh, and how long did you go to LaSalle? Uh, for two years. So when someone says, where did you go to college? Usually you answer with where you went to college. At Cedarville, I majored in communication. At LaSalle, I got a master's in education. You said the major from your undergrad, but you said where you went to grad school. You got that wrong in so many ways, like the simplest question. This is Greeny. And what I'm over- overcoming on a daily basis to be putting together one of the great radio shows of all time is really a miracle. I mean, this is a testament to my greatness more than anything, because <laughs> Hembo's just impossible, and yet I'm schlepping him through here. He can't even tell you where he went to college. Anyway, uh, before we do who you got, two things I want to get in. One... A reminder, and this is the most important thing we'll tell you today, we are commemorating Veterans Week here at ESPN, honoring all military personnel who are actively serving, veterans who have served, and those who've made the ultimate sacrifice. And we want to make sure that military personnel and military spouses everywhere are aware of our continued support of disabled American veterans' career fairs. Those connect veterans and spouses with employers nationwide who are committed to hiring them. Again, they are career fairs that are being held by disabled American veterans, and you can learn more about that by visiting DAV.org. The other thing I wanted to get here is that our Adam Rittenberg just tweeted moments ago, Michigan's administration has not heard from the Big Ten as of this hour per sources. The team will begin its preparations to leave for Penn State around 1 p.m. Eastern time, really going down to the wire with any discipline which, as several sources noted, isn't really fair to players. Well, let's put it this way. In the whole history of college football, fair to players has never been real high on the list of priorities. I mean, is it really unfair to players if they suspend him at 11 a.m. versus 4 p.m.? Like, are we really, does it really that make, make that much of a difference I to you? I think them not knowing, yes. I think it makes an enormous difference. Yes, he is our leader, and not and the, this uncertainty does make a difference. Yes, I think it makes a big difference, and I think it should be taken into account. Uh, but as is usually the case in college football, it isn't. All right, one piece of business left, and Bubba, you take it away. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, I like a lot of the questions this week, Bubba. Let's go. All right, who you got? Brought to you by Granger, and we have to start with the Pick'em Challenge. I won't even give the standings, but Carlin versus Joe in first place. You're still in last place, so let's turn it around. 49ers at Jaguars. San Francisco minus three. Who you got? I'm letting Hembo make my picks. I'm so bad. Hembo, make the pick. Uh, I like the Jags in this game outright. I'm playing them on the money line. They're $1.40 underdog on the money line. Doug Peterson, 14-8 and eight outright in his career as a home dog. That's my play in this game. Bang. Next. Browns at Ravens. Baltimore minus six and a half. Who you got, Hembo? Hembo. I'm playing the Ravens at minus six and a half, just like Joe Fortenball. I'm also playing the over 38. That number's too low. The offense in Cleveland has been a little better with Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson has ripped up Jim Swartz defenses in his 
his career. Play minus six and a half and play the over 38. Next. All right, last one, Lions at Chargers. This one's Detroit minus three. Who you got there? I'm taking Detroit minus three on the road, but I'm also playing Austin Eckler. Give me an anytime touchdown at plus 105. He scores practically every game. This will be a high-scoring game, but I think the Lions win. The Chargers are on a short week. Give me the Lions minus the three on the road. It there won't you... even be a road game, but you know. That's right. It anyway. It'll be filled with Detroit fans. All right, well done. Those are our picks for this week. We can't do any worse. Uh, all right, let's get to the fun stuff here. Uh, let's go, Bubba, go. All right, very good. Who you got? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickranger.com, or just stop by. And Super Agent Scott Boris suggested a neutral site World Series. And for the second round in the playoffs, the wild card team actually needs to win four games, while the division winner only needs to win three games. Do you like either of these suggestions? Who you got? Well, so the second one is something that I've mentioned many times in all sports, that to achieve greater importance in your regular season, you should give a greater advantage than we currently do to teams um, – in uh, for winning divisions and winning regular season games. I've always felt that one additional home court game in the NBA is not enough for the one seed versus the eight seed. What I like in particular about this in the divisional round is that we do worry right now that the, the, the teams who win divisions are being penalized by having four or five days off, which actually isn't in their best interest. So there is something in that idea I do like. Yes, me too. I would tighten up the schedule a little bit. I kind of like the NBA's philosophy for the play-in, where you got to win two and two chances if you're the underdog seed. I don't like the idea of a neutral site World Series. To me, the only reason you would do that is because of the weather. But unless we're going to push back the calendar, that makes no sense to no, me at this, all. No, that's not the only reason you would do it. You could do it to try and turn it into the Super Bowl, something that everyone travels to, that you can sell tickets to a year in advance. You try and create one huge event as opposed to... Not knowing until that's two tough, days though, before where se- the game is being played. Seven games a series. Yeah. I mean, the best of seven makes it a lot tougher. The Super Bowl is a unique. Yeah. I get unique it. I, I understand what you're saying. There probably are other factors, but to me, like the losing the home field advantage would be a big loss for baseball in 2020. At least, it definitely was. It, it's something to consider. I don't hate it as much as hmm. most other people seem to. We'll talk about it next week. What's yeah, next? I considered it. It was a terrible idea. 57 years ago, last week, Apple Jacks was trademarked. Good job, Apple Jacks. Who you got as your favorite cereal? That is my number one. I've, I've said it a million times. I was growing up, a kid named Matthew. My kids, we weren't allowed. I, when I was growing up, we didn't have any sugar cereals in my house. None. Hmm. My parents, who were did not have a lot of rules. For some reason, none. I ate Product 19, uh, Spe- Special K, all these cereals that had no flavor at all. I slept over at Matthew Schiff's house. His mother served me Apple Jacks the next day. I thought it was the greatest day of my life. I met Matthew Schiff. He came to a book signing that we did in New Jersey. Good guy. Yeah, and, and, and Apple Jacks will forever be my favorite cereal as a result. All right, give me one more. All right, 51 years ago Wednesday, HBO debuted. Who you got for your favorite all-time HBO show? Shows a lot of good options there. God, I, I got to go all the way back. I mean, Inside the NFL started on HBO. I know that isn't probably what you're thinking when you say it, but Len Dawson, Nick Bonacani, before there was such a thing as ESPN, that's where you would see all the highlights. That's where you'd see all the games. That's where you would I mean, learn that can't everything. Be your real answer. Your all-time favorite HBO show is Inside the NFL. As in my in my childhood, I mean, I guess now I would it would have to be Curb. Um, I mean, Curb, Soprano. I mean, all of all the shows. I'll go Curb, but you don't sell short Inside the NFL. That's like a hembo answer. Though. When Inside the NFL began, I'm t- no, no, no. Do not sell short. That's a good show. We could argue about this next week. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. 
You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. 